Okay, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. This is episode 12 with Tituan. We've got a European foiler and we're going to learn all about his experiences. He's done Molokai to Oahu on a foil. He's done a bunch of wing events too and he actually learned to sup so he could downwind foil sort of solo. So I'm really excited to talk to Tituan today. So yeah, Tituan, do you want to tell us about how you got into foiling and how you got into downwind foiling from there. Yeah, thanks for having me, James, today. Um, yeah, so my name is Tituan Galea and I'm from New Caledonia. <clears throat> I learned yeah, kitesurfing when I was uh, quite young, about eight or nine. And I got to kite foiling when I was maybe nine, yes, 17, 18 years old. And I used to compete a lot on kite polling events for more than three years. And before wing foiling, uh, actually, yeah, SUP, we start seeing SUP foiling or prone foiling too, like surf foiling. And yeah, I, I was in the beginning uh, of this. So uh, yeah, I started with a downwinding, like towing with a boat. I started doing things like this with my cousin and Nicole Clement. And then in 2019, yeah, I see you guys in on Maui to train for the Molokai to Hawaii. That was my first uh, competition on the SUP foil. And yeah, that was an awesome downwinders, like yeah, two years ago, crossing the channel of bones on the SUP foil. That was maybe, yeah, six months, a year maximum I was doing it. And yeah, now we can see more and more people doing it and also on prone and, and now now wing falling came over too. So it, it allows much more people to come and join the, yeah, the falling party. Yeah, no, exactly. That's like, you've summed that well, mate. It's, um, I remember you and, Cl I didn't, I didn't realize, maybe I did, but you and Clement are cousins. So that's pretty cool that you, you get to travel yeah, yeah. With, with your cousin foiling. It's epic. Yeah, we didn't travel much, but we've done a few, a few travel together. Yeah, uh, how good! I wish I wish my cousin foiled and I could travel with him <laughs> or her. Um, but yeah, I remember when I was in Maui. One of the things that really stood out to me was you and Clement. It was the first time I've seen it. The, the wing surfing you guys were doing at Who Keeper was insane. It looked like so much fun, and, and I didn't know how to wing. I, I'd never owned a wing at that point. It was all pretty new to me. But you guys really made me excited about it. So do you want to tell us about, I guess, your wing surfing experience? Yeah, yeah. That was in August 2019. So that was like really the beginning of wing foiling. I started probably in April. But yeah, that's pretty much where I realized that wing foiling was a lot of fun. It was the first time I think I, I was like riding in a wave and catching a lot of waves and and doing yeah some turns and everything in the way so yeah that was a really like nice moment for me in, in wing fold, my wing folding progression um yeah that was nice we learned with my cousin there in 2019 now the level like, yeah everything changed um yeah i'm gonna try to do a video here in hockey part to like to see the difference between yeah, two years ago and now yeah, I, I can't wait. I felt like you guys were ripping two years ago and, and, and now I've, I saw your, if people haven't seen, you've got to go watch um, Tituan's clip at um, La Perouse, right? That was 
that was crazy. It was solid. And it looks like um, your mate, who I think you're staying with, got cleaned up by a pretty big set while you were on the wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was lucky. I was in um, Tai Chi before coming here, and we got uh, probably some of you guys uh, might hear about this big swell in Tai Chi on Friday the 13th. And yeah, that was massive. Yeah, I was pretty much watching. But I got some on toe pole too. It was nice on another reef. Uh, but yeah, that was insane to watch. And I flew like one day after. So I basically caught the same swell here on, on the south shore of Maui. Uh, right when I arrived, like I just yeah, they come pick me up at the airport and we went right away in La Perouse. And yeah, it was firing. Yeah, the wind was a bit light, but I was a six session. I'm a goofy, so it was nice to have a, a left handler on on in uh, on Maui where it's only like rights normally. But yeah, I got a sick a sick left with a side offshore wind. Yeah, perfect for, condition for me for wing foiling. That was perfect. We we went two days in a row, and yeah, that was insane. Yeah, it's it's such an awesome place, La Perouse, like with the lava. And, and the, the, the water's so blue. And, you know, when the wind comes up, normally that's the end of surfing. But for, for foiling and, and wing foiling, it's like game on. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really nice uh, yeah, landscape, for sure. But it's, it's happening so rarely, apparently. Like, I got apparently really lucky to, to catch this. Like, it's not happening even every year. Mm. This size of waves with, like, wind and everything. Yeah, it was, it was cool to watch. I remember I was, I was watching your clips in, you're in Tahiti and then all of a sudden I'm like, I've surfed that spot and you're in La Perouse. So it's, um, it's cool. So do you want to share with us what you got up to in Tahiti as well? Because I'm sure um, you've got some good stories from, you know, your recent trip to Tahiti as well. Uh, about, yeah, foiling? So foiling? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, yeah, it's totally different, like, it's insane, like the level of the rider doing everything, yeah, especially surfing, but also falling, they were like ripping. And it was insane to watch, like uh, uh, Matahi and there's another guy called Ari Oe, which is a local, and they're like just ripping on the on towing falling. That was insane to watch, to watch. There, all the waves are like massive. There's no like small wave, like everything is massive. It's crazy, like compared to all the places I went. Yeah, that was massive. So, and the wind doesn't come so often. So I had maybe one wing session. I mean, proper like big waves. Uh, I had some more session, but like small waves. But we were mainly <clears throat> towing with jet skis. Um, but that was nice too, huh? on small foil, around like 500 centimeters. Mm -hmm. square and on some outside reef so it was pretty safe uh yeah we got some some massive swell i mean for me and yeah that was really nice yeah it'd be cool uh, the tahitians as you said they're really taking it up a notch they're they're next level they are charging in these you know slabbing barreling waves in the towing and and uh, you know in the downwind and, and the winging as well um i I'd love to get over there and like like you did and have some um, some sessions with them. Did you? And one of the a few people wrote in some questions, but one of the questions was, have you ever been barreled on a on a surf foil? So did you did you get close? No, 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 no not, not even close, really. I don't want to die yet. Yeah, really. <laughs> too smart. Like, my life is too good. Uh, I love many things in, in the world, like not only water sports. So it's okay. I want to live longer. 
they can do what they they want to do. I mean, I was happy with myself having some nice bottom turns, and even if I was a bit out on on the shoulder for them, I felt really inside. But when I saw them, I was like, oh no, I'm not inside at all. <laughs> like really, they were it was insane to watch. Like I told in this guy Ari Ari and like I went first, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm quite. I felt okay. I'm, I'm deep. I'm good. And then I saw this guy. I thought I, I whipped him, and I was like, "Fuck!" But he's like way too deep. He's never gonna like pass, you know, make it. And the like the only thing I would have done at his place is just to go down and like try to pump and and go yeah and then check. Because the only thing he he find to do like the, the better thing he find to do. Was to lay down, lay down on his board, <laughs> on the bottom, and almost get Paul uh, laying down on the. I don't know. It was maybe yeah, twenty feet. Oh, wow. uh, no, yeah, not twenty, but fifteen feet. Yeah, easy. Wait, yeah. uh, really? When I saw this, saw this, I was like, okay, yeah, that's next level. For sure. Yeah, the, the stuff coming out of Tahiti. Um, I just chatted to to Matt Costa, and he was saying that yeah, he, he basically his order is. Of, of professional foilers or foilers. He has Tahitians, then Kailani, and then everyone else. He says that, you know, the Tahitians as a collective are really taking it up a notch and even yeah, leaving Kai for dead at the I, moment anyway. I, I don't know what's happening there, but they have too much talent. Yeah. Talented. That's insane. Yeah, I was really surprised. Um, so I want to get into more downwind sort of sup foil stuff, but before we do that, I want to talk to you and I guess let let the listeners know that like you're uh, a pretty good kite foil racer. That's how you got into foiling in the first place. Is that right? Uh, kite foiling? No, I never got first place in the world, but I, I was doing good. Yeah, before like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm not doing anymore. So you, you've stopped doing that now, and and um before and now you're doing a bunch of the wing foil racing i saw you in brazil and a bunch of other places doing like sort of freestyle and like sort of slalom sort of style racing so do you want to yeah. i guess before we move on to the downwind sup down downwind sup foil stuff we can get into yeah tell us about the the wing foil stuff you're doing yeah so i'm comp- now there's a, a small world tour organized organized by a global wing sport association and this year we're gonna have uh, I think three or four stock. We had the uh, Lucat in France with uh, two categories. Yeah, we had freestyle and racing. And now we're gonna go in Morocco uh, yeah. for a wave event and freestyle. And we're gonna have another one in Fortaleza in Brazil, like last year, with a wave and freestyle again or, or race. And maybe another one at the end of the year in Tarifa. So yeah, that's all all the stop the world championship. So yeah, of course I'm competing <laughs> on this, and yeah, I really like to compete. Sometimes the format it's just the beginning, so they try to make some format. Sometimes it's not so nice, but I mean it's only the beginning, so they try to do something at least, and it's good for the earth, good for the sport. Mm. No, for sure. Um, the the wave riding one, I didn't see. Has there been a wave riding one yet? Have conditions, I haven't seen it. So I've seen the racing and the freestyle, but the wave riding wing, I haven't seen much. Uh, we we had in Fortaleza, but that was really 
bad condition, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you know, we, we, we can surf anything on the foil, so yeah, true. not a proper way. No, we're not going to, I mean, it's too hard to make happen an event in like proper condition, like in La Perusa last week or, yeah. or stuff like this, you know, it's too hard. But, but like, yeah, we can have like some, it's always going to be not so nice wave, but we can use pretty much everything. Even onshore wind with small waves, it's it's enough to call it wave event. Yeah, yeah, and and those wave events are they more about jumps and tricks, or is it more um, turns and I guess more surf foil stuff? For figuring it out, uh, I don't know how they're gonna judge. Also, it's only the beginning, so last year was mainly like overall impression, you know. And it was like 50% of the judgment on the wave and 50% on freestyle. Mm -hmm. So basically you take some wave and you try to do yeah, whatever you want on the wave, try to do your maximum. And that's going to yeah rate 50% of your, your score. And, and you're going to have that 50% on um, just like freestyle using also the kicker, the waves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I guess the Wingfall stuff, like you said, it is so new and it's cool that there's a, a world tour already. Um, I'm excited to to watch that and especially that event in Morocco. I've been to Morocco and I know they get good waves and good wind. So I think that could be a good one. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, I hope so. It's in Dala. So it's a well-known spot for kiting. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward for that one. It's in a month now. Yeah, cool. Well, good luck with that. Um, I'm excited to to follow along from lockdown Australia. <laughs> let's um let's change and sort of go back towards downwind foiling. And and you said that um when you did Molokai to Oahu, you you only done about six months of of downwind foiling, which it, it's pretty impressive that you you'd pretty much only been doing you know sat for six months and you and you went head first into Molokai to Oahu so do you want to talk about tell us about I guess how you first of all learnt to downwind foil and then the sup and, and how, how hard that sup learning to sup was for you okay so yeah no I think maybe I was doing it for around a year let's say okay. yeah uh, so how I learned I didn't learn on the SUP some of my friends did, uh, like my cousin, but yeah, he was a SUP racer before. I am not, I never, I mean, and yeah, I know my cousin since, since a long time for sure. And we always uh, hang out together, but I never wanted to go into SUP racing because for me it was like boring, you know? Yeah. Just to uh, paddle the whole time. That didn't look so fun compared to what I was doing, like kiting and everything. So mm -hmm. we, I never joined him. So we're not like riding much together. But once yeah, this happened, like downwind polling on the SUP, we start uh, yeah having session together. So yeah, he started directly on the SUP fall, but I didn't. We start like uh, towing behind the boat, yeah. on a small boat. So it was a bit easier because you don't have uh, such a long boat to pump. So it was easier. But that was yeah, back back in 2000. Yeah, that was back in 2017, probably, or, or 18, I don't know. So, yeah, right in the beginning. And, and then I get to SUP foiling, and that was probably the hard part for me because I never paddled much. I was using, I think, yeah, I started with a 7-0. Yeah. 
so that seems very big for now for yeah. today but yeah i was i learned in in new caledonia so the conditions are quite great yeah that was a good thing for me i think it's good to to learn in like good condition for sure. if you can have like a strong wing with like short short period uh, good pumps it's gonna help you for sure and yeah i was using a seven zero for a couple months and then i switched directly to a six zero i think yeah and but i mean it's still today because i'm not a SUP racer it's always a takeoff so the issue for me yeah really i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, if i and especially because now we're using smaller and smaller wings and so so it's even harder and harder to take off and also smaller boats for sure if i go on my six zero or seven zero while i was riding uh, i don't know 1400 uh, uh, centimeters uh, full now it's going to be easy to take off but now we're using much smaller gear so it's harder and harder to take off and especially me because i've never done much sup racing that's a hard point for me yeah, for sure. And, and I totally agree. I've been out um, testing equipment and sometimes you don't know if you're going to be able to paddle the, the foil up because when you want to go faster, you want to use smaller and smaller foils. Yeah. And what happens is it just takes longer and longer to get going because you need to find the perfect little bump and be paddling super hard and, and pumping. And, and once you're up, most of the time it's, it's okay. But sometimes yeah. on a smaller foil, you're going to come down more often. So it's um, you, you find yourself, you know, frustrated. You can't get going. Um, so when people, and this is the same for when you're learning, and for those that are listening that that are going through the process of learning, like what Tiatan just said, you know, starting on a, on a big foil is great, and then going when you progress, you want to go to a smaller foil. But Tiatan's done Molokai to Oahu, and he, he still finds himself struggling because he's trying to use these smaller foils. So like you said, like a bigger foil is much easier to get up. So yeah, that's a, a good bit of advice for people. But even for you as a pro SUP racer, you can struggle sometimes to take off small wings. Yeah, for sure. I've, um, the, the, the first time I, tr I tried the GL 140 when it first came out, which is, it's like a medium surf wing i have the sizes somewhere people who are watching the gl 140 you can look it up the size but it's not a big foil and i tried it out one day and as i was paddled out as i was walking out someone said there was a dead whale out there and i don't i've never paddled the foil up before and i was like okay well that's pretty good incentive if there's a whale around there's usually sharks a dead whale means there's sharks so i was like okay if i don't get up on this thing i'm going to go straight in and i managed to get it up after about five minutes, but I was pretty stressed that if I couldn't get up, um, it was going to be an issue. I, I've had times where on the NL160, I've done like a, a winged up wind and then deflated my wing and put it in a bag and then tried to paddle up. And sometimes the wind drops. And when the wind drops and you've got a wing in your backpack that's heavy from water yeah. and you're trying to paddle up, it makes it really hard. So I've had times where I've been out in the ocean kilometers like two or three kilometers out to sea because of, you know the wind's a little bit onshore and i've been waiting like you start you start getting stressed and you panic and you you chase every all the wrong sort of bumps so i'll just sit down and i'll take a few deep breaths and just sort of watch the bumps go by and look for the right one and then i'll stand up and normally it only takes one or two attempts after that but yeah there's definitely times as like i'm a, as you said to like i'm 
I, I race stand-up paddleboards and, and I am pushing the limits to use smaller and smaller foils. Um, and yeah, I have moments where I struggle to get going for sure. Oh, so yeah, imagine me as a not a pro racer at all. Like yeah. Just a normal case of pro. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, but it's, I guess, when you, when you learn to read the bumps, and then this is something that, like you mentioned, short period yeah. is best and super windy is short, short period with strong wind is always the best. Um, but it's uh, when conditions change or there's like a bit of backwash and the water's a little bit, you know, moving around, it makes yeah. it hard, <laughs> especially when you're trying to use smaller foils. Yeah, there are place here uh, in the world that yeah, one special yeah some place in France too, but it's super hard to take off like with long, long wave like some places it's super hard. Same here, I I never felt the uh, uh, the the race in 2019 Molokai, but I think in the middle of the channel it might be hard to to take off too. I don't know, but I think so. And also like staying up on the board because everyone want to go. On a smaller and smaller board. Now I have a four, four, a four, five, five, and really it's like tricky to stand up on it. Like, yeah, uh, but I guess um, that's the it's the risk reward, isn't it? Because like like a smaller foil goes faster. A smaller board is nicer to surf, but smaller board it's harder to get up on. Smaller foil it's harder to stay up on. But once you are up and everything's working, it's it's nice and it's like it's much better, really. <clears throat> Much, much better. I realized that. Yeah. So, uh, one week ago, yeah, on Maui again now. And one week ago, we crossed the channel again just for fun. And I done half on my SUP and the other half on my prone, but like towing from the boat. Yeah. And I mean, it was already good. On it was quite crosswind, but yeah, I had a really nice small and high aspect wing, so it was okay. But yeah, I don't know how the SUP was, was, I was doing good, but yeah, paddling sometimes, pumping sometimes, like normal, you know, keeping a normal rhythm. And then when I switched to the prone with the same full, same mass, everything, just a, the board, like I jump on the, I, I switch from the 5.5, five, my 5.5, five, which is a 78 liters, to a 4.4, four, which is 20, 20 something meter, like a super small prone board. And really, I really felt like I was on an e foil. I was, yeah. I was doing nothing. It was yeah. so much easier. I had nothing to do. I was just going, 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 sitting down on my, on my board, like super easy. Yeah. So that's always it's, the, I guess the the age old problem I guess with the prone is like without the boat, if you if like on the off chance that you fell off, whether you hit something a bit of seaweed or you just breached or you. I know, I know um, Tomo, a shark, hit his foil, Sup Tomo, when he was doing Molokai in 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the problem with the prone is if you fall off, it's hard to get going again, especially on a 23-letter board. Yeah, you cannot go up again. That, yeah. That's why we had the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's also why you'd use the Sup, I guess, if you didn't have the boat. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that's why we, yeah, we need to... To sub, yeah, true. But if I had the boat, really, it's yeah, much better on the front board. Nothing. Yeah. I wonder if Molokai yeah. will ever do, because we, we need an escort boat. So I wonder if Molokai will ever do like a, 
prone division where we're allowed to, you know, get pulled up by the boat if we fall off. Because obviously if you fall off, it's slower to then get going again with the boat. So you're better off just getting up once and not falling the entire time. Yeah, that would be nice. And I would love them because, yeah, I've done it again. Already two years ago was super, yeah, I want to talk about the end of this race. Yeah. And two years ago was already like something, but this year again, I realized like really you arrived from 50 kilometers downwinder and you're a bit like quite tired. And then there is this arrival where you have to to go upwind for almost three kilometers. That's freaking insane, really. Mm -hmm. And even this year I said, okay, I'm going to try a little bit to go at least upwind a few meters. But really I could not really it was too hard i think i think in order to make it all the way in i think you'd need to have a bit of south swell otherwise there's almost you know there's almost no chance it, it, in my opinion it's um it's such a the wind if the wind's strong the 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 headwinds that you come around that corner it really is so hard to um to get all the way in and you know Kyle Lenny who pumped all the way in in 2019 like in 2019 when he pumped up did you see the footage of him pumping up winds to go yeah, past yeah, the yeah, how crazy I is saw, that yeah 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 for sure he's ready like he he trained a lot so like like uh, physically for sure he's ready for this but probably also because he was not as fast as uh, yeah, the first one he was probably using a, a huge foil that allowed him to pump a bit more upwind. Yeah. So that's the thing for a race like this. It's not so great because you have to adapt the gear, not for the downwind condition, but probably for the arrival, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. I know that... It would be really nice to have the arrival uh, like right in front of China Wall, like right, right where the downwind part stop. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I... I had... Um, heard rumors that Molokai, the organizers of Molokai to Oahu were actually thinking about moving the finish line from Hawaii Kai down to like Diamond Head. So making the, the run a little bit longer, but um, downwind the whole time. Making, making what a, a bit longer? The, the, the race. So they wouldn't finish at Hawaii Kai. They'd actually go all the way down to where the presentation was at the Outrigger Canoe Club. And they'd finish there. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool, huh? Yeah, that would be nice, for sure. Because on a foil, there's no doubt, like, we can go further. I'm sure you would have felt like, unfortunately, we can get into that because you've, you've done some long downwind runs. Yeah, we've done with my cousin again, yeah, last year, we've done uh, 107 kilometers downwind. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. Yeah. That was a long one. Long one, and, and you're moving like really good speeds. Yeah, not so much. I mean, yeah. compared to what we can get here on the Malipo run. Yeah. We, we done 12 and a half uh, knots average. Yeah, we done it in four hours, 30, I think, uh, 107 yeah. kilometers. But, but yeah, here, I think the Spencers or all the people are doing the run over over 14 knots average yeah which but maliko run is you know that's such a good Crazy. it's only short too so like but for 107 kilometers 12 and a half knot average like you know i've done 100 
hundred and similar to you and and we had heaps of seaweed so we were much we, we took about six and a half hours like it was not fun <laughs> oh yeah definitely not fun that's what i felt too we never had any seaweed we we didn't feel once actually both of us but still that was really not fun like the first part you have a lot of fun but then after because it's always the same thing like forever forever you're just reading bumps like placing yourself where you should go and then going down going up going down like it's it's long and like it was more not hard like physically like in my legs but more in the head yeah it was too long for me yeah i think clement was okay but really me like i had headache like crazy yeah and i think it's from reading the bumps i don't know but what what course did you do? I guess for people listening, I'll, I'll put up a video so people can see it as well. But you, you went 107 kilometers along, is in the Mediterranean, was it? No? Yeah, yeah, it's Mediterranean. And we start from Martigues, so right next where uh, Marseille Airport is, mm -hmm. a bit south. We have like strong west, Mistral wind, we call it. And we go all the way to a spot called uh, L'Almana, which is really well known. And it's in front of Yer, uh, uh, Yer city. Yeah. Nice. And so did you have a boat going alongside you? Uh, uh, no, no, no. We were just on our own. Yeah, just just solo. him and, and me. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice one. And, so, and you two stuck together pretty well. Yeah, yeah, we were like riding yeah, closely each other the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Really nice. Yeah, just sent it. Um, yeah. I think you, we were chatting a while ago, but are you still planning? You wanted to foil to Corsica. Is that right? Yeah, that would be nice for sure. But uh, the big, biggest problem for this is um, the, the meteo. Like the, the weather condition has to be like really perfect. Like it's super rare. To mm -hmm. have like the, the good uh, wind and strength direction, oh uh, yeah, wind direction and strength, because uh, like this done winter, we've done, we've done with Clement uh, in the Mediterranean, but close to the shore, it was blowing uh, 25 knots only, let's say maybe yeah. 30, but we we've seen the biggest bump we never saw like ever. That was like crazy. Yeah. Like you, you, yeah, you rode the uh, Monokai to Hoao. That was maybe double, really. I swear, that was yeah. crazy. Bigger than Monokai, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was double than this. I swear, that was massive. And just, yeah, at, at some point, at some places. And this made me realize that if you want to cross the whole Corsica, you're going to be much more far out. So you definitely don't want like bigger than this. Because that was like sketchy to handle the bumps first. Mm -hmm. And and if you have a boat with you, it's going to be super tricky for the boat too. And if never you have to stop, like and everything, like it's too sketchy. That was like crazy. Yeah, so, you almost want less wind. Yeah, but it's very rare to have like light. For, yeah, for friends, it's light to have like 20, 25 knots going straight to Corsica. Most of the time the wind go like west or... Like it's another direction, like to have straight like northwest wind and light 20, 20, 25 knots. It's super rare. Mm. That's yeah. more about this. And of course, yeah, we have uh, every, yeah, 
we got to uh, I have to get ready if uh, we want to do this because I think yeah, the main problem I thought yeah it's not about the like physically in the leg or anything I yeah. think it's more in the head yeah for sure it's 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 a, I did 120 kilometers from in my local area from um Wollongong to Sydney and Shell Harbour to to Monabel, if exactly and it was um just 120 it was 120 kilometers on the dot and like you said the hardest thing was um like your mental state at the beginning really excited and then as yeah. you as you get further and further along like you said it starts to become like okay this is hard like this is it becomes a drag so you have to really think about it yeah man the, the, the only thing you want is to arrive that's it mm. Yeah, and then yeah, as you get closer to the finish, you're you get excited again, like your adrenaline like goes up. But there's like this, it's like a full roller coaster. You start excited, then you get like, okay, how long to go? You're like looking at your watch, okay, 60k's. Oh, I'm not even like just halfway. And then you get when you start to get close to the finish, and the, the finish line was where like my my local run. So when I got to the finish, I was like, okay, I know where I am. This is going to be, and the last bit was the last, you know, 10 kilometers was really fun because I knew that that bit of water was really familiar. And I, my brother came out there with me and it was, it was good. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy, those long distance foils. Yeah, but I'm happy you have excited at the end. But honestly, for me, I was just like from, yeah, after 50 kilometers, maybe I was like, wow, that's too long. And. I was really waiting to arrive like till the end. Really, I, I could not go a more uh, one kilometer. Really, yeah, that was down. too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I never get excited. I, I, I really, yeah, I enjoyed the first yeah 40, 50 kilometers, and then it was like annoying till the end. Yeah, yeah, I, I know yeah. exactly what you mean because. Um, yeah, the highs and the lows, lots of really fun and then really just over it, done. Yeah. What, what sort of equipment were you using for that, for that long one you did? Um, board, foil, paddle, safety? Mm, yeah, I was on the same board. It's a 5.5. And my four. How, how, how wide is your 5.5? Five five? Because a lot of people have, uh, there's a lot of discussions going on at the moment for people looking to get into downwind foiling and, there seems yeah. to be a trend towards longer and narrower, like skinnier, but five yeah. five seems pretty short. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw yeah some 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 boards a bit longer here too, and the, the shapes are interesting, but it's two twenty two point two uh, wide. Narrow, yeah. So it's yeah, that's I guess why it's still easy to paddle up. What I found is. Like the production KC Aviator is six foot by, I think it's 27 wide. And that's, for me, it's hard to paddle up because of the width. But for most people learning to downwind, they need the width because they need stability because they can't balance on yeah, the board. Yeah. So I, I've always say to people, I recommend going like, you're better off going maybe 6'2 or 6'6 and going as narrow as like 24 or 25 because a narrower board, you can get your speed quicker and it's easier to, to get that lift off. Yeah. Yeah, and with the fall, you have the fall uh, to not have like this stability is easy to 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 have it, you know. Yeah, you have the yeah. fall, but but keep you straight. It's like a big big fin to help your stability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
definitely. And yeah, out for this long distance, I was using uh, I think a one thousand aspect wing. Uh-huh. And it was, and you're sponsored by F1, so obviously F1 board, F1 foils. What length yeah. last were you using? Uh, I have 88 centimeters mast, mm-hmm. but maybe it's a bit long. I don't know. Depending on the condition, sometimes in France it's nice to have, but like for a normal run, I think 75, 80 is enough. Yeah, I, I agree I with so. you. Because the problem with um, uh, that long mast 88 is that it's super, it, it makes also uh, takeoff much harder. Like it's it's crazy difference between a 75 and an 85. Like it's much easier to take off a, a 75. Yeah, the, the shorter mast, the foil being closer to the surface, but also just the weight, the extra weight in a longer mast. I agree. I've, I've tried a 90 centimeter mast downwind. And unless it's really, really windy, I don't, I yeah. don't like it. I prefer like 82 is what I use. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's um much Yeah. So for people learning out there, definitely if you have the, the option, definitely go for the shorter mask because it's gonna be way easier to yeah. get up and going. Yeah, me too. My, my neck my next mask is gonna be much shorter because yeah, I'm struggling sometime getting up because I wanna ride small wings and and I have a small board, so I'm going to have a shorter mask for sure. And I'm going to keep the long one for like heavy conditions. Um, what was the hardest thing for you learning? Like when you learned to suck downwind, what, what did you have the most trouble with? Was it like balance on a little board? Like you said, you started on a seven foot board um, and a 1400 centimeter foil. What was the hardest thing? That, just a takeoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for me it was. Do you remember sure. what what like was there a moment where all of a sudden the takeoff was easier? Like it was like click, or. Uh, yeah, for sure. I I learned how to read perms and and takes a good one to start, but but still even today, as I said, like I'm struggling because I don't have the like the power of a pro super racer, you know. That's the thing. So if I get the, the good huge pump, I'm gonna go for sure easily. Mm-hmm. But if like I'm, I'm I cannot like flat start, you know. I mean, depend on the gear, but not the gear I'm gonna use on the downwinder. I'm never gonna like take off from flat. So yeah, that's pretty much uh, yeah, the power of yeah, paddling that I, I'm I'm missing. Yeah, and I think that's the same for a lot of people. Like not everyone are pro sup paddlers, you know. So. A lot of people yeah. that are looking to get into downwind, they, uh, you know, they're going to be either learning to suck, same as you, or like, you know, and they're never going to be, you know, like pro sprinters, you know. So it's like you say, it's only a couple strokes, but if you've got the technique down, you've got the power down, it's going to be a lot easier compared to, you know, someone who doesn't have that. The timing's got to be super important. I think the equipment's got to be super important. And, um, yeah, so you said you started at a seven foot, you've gone down to six and now five five. Um, do you think the five five sometimes is making it harder? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know for takeoff, but but like for like just keeping myself on the SQP, you know, like uh, like on the board, like standing up. Sometimes it's hard when it's like really uh, bumpy with a backwash and everything. Like some places in France. 
where there's a huge backwash, I cannot even like keep myself uh, on the board, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm struggling just standing up on my board. So, so yeah, that's definitely too small for some places. But like on a normal run here in 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 Maui, like it, it's perfect. Yeah, I've actually I've started on Jeffrey's SUP, which is like almost a prone board for me because I'm like. I'm like 82 kilos and Jeffrey's like 60 kilos and his board is about 60 liters. And what I normally use is about 79, 80 liters. And I, I have gotten going on Jeffrey's board once we swapped on a run before. And like, if I wasn't paddling, I was literally like waist step underwater. <laughs> but if I got a bit of speed because the runs are so, it's so Maliko run, if you ever get a chance to do it, that's like the dream run. It's probably the easiest to test equipment. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's, I'm glad you mentioned that, that in like, obviously Maui, you can get away with it pretty easy and like really nice downwind runs, but in France or, you know, where other, like here in Sydney is very similar, lots of backwash, um, messy conditions when it's windy, it's hard, it's hard to get going. Yeah, yeah, definitely here, it's very good condition. Yeah. I mean, you've been to Hood River too, you, you did the race, was that? Two years ago, or mm-hmm. yeah, same. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, and it was. Um, how was that? How did you find the the river compared to you know Maui? Oh, well, it's it's the easier place I've been to for downwind. Downwinding, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like it's not even you don't have to. I mean, you still have to read, but it's much easier. It's like straight, straight uh, waves everywhere. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, just wind. Yeah, and also for taking off, it's super easy because it's super, super short period. You have uh, the stream, the current going against the wind, so it makes like super, uh, like good, good pumps, but super short period. Yeah, yeah it's, nice it's the best place and the most easiest place to take off and, and go down winter for sure. Yeah. And I, I like it. Yeah, it was, not, it was fun. Yeah, one thing I found, like, because I, I, I did a bunch of downwind runs in Hood River, um, but also on a SUP, on a race board, but I found that the difference, like, the fresh water compared to the salt water made it a little bit, um, like, harder balance-wise. Like, I was sitting lower in the water. And then also, obviously, being shorter period, I found, or a few people have mentioned, I, have, I haven't been in Hood River for years now, but people have said that they can't use the same foils they would use in on a Maliko run as what they're using in Hood River because it's slower in the river. Yeah. Is, is it, what is the question? Did, do you find that the foils are, like, do you find that your speeds are slower oh. in the river? Yeah, just from the current, you know, from the upstream. Yeah. I, I don't think, yeah. I mean, for sure, it changed something. You're gonna go faster in in fresh water a little bit. We we realize it in in kite foiling mainly. I mean, in, in kite foiling, that's what I I remember. We've done some events, some world championship on on some lakes, and we were going much faster downwind. I don't remember about the upwind, but because you have less drag, uh-huh. we were going much faster because there's no salt in the water is that is that why sorry because there's no salt in the water you're going faster yeah yeah you have those drags yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's really interesting yeah yeah, we're going faster but 
I mean, on big big fall on downwind downwind, I don't think it make a huge difference. Yeah, the, the main thing is the current, but I think it's almost three, four knots some places. So yeah, for sure this makes a lot of difference. Yeah, it, it's yeah. That's from what I've heard. You know, now that because when I was at Hood River last, it, I was using the original Maliko um, from GoFoil, which is you know ancient history. Yeah. Now it's like foils have gotten so much faster over the last five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's my, my speeds don't even compare. Um, but just going from you know Hood River run to an ocean run. Um, there's been a few comments from you know the GoFoil crew that they can use a much faster or smaller foil on a Maliko run than what they could use in even a really strong run in Hood River, um, just because of the current. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. We'll we've got a few more questions from some of the crew. Um, let me just bring them up. Um, there's been a question on you to break down pumping technique. So tell us about what you do when you're thinking about like pumping, whether it be downwind or just linking waves. What, what's your view on pumping technique and breaking it down? What is breaking it down? Like um, explaining it step by step. Like how to pump a foil. Yeah, like how, or like, yeah, what's your, like, how would you explain how to pump the foil? Well, that's very hard and wide question. But, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much the same for every foil. It just, you're going to try to keep the foil high. That way you're going to have less mass length in the water, less drag, and you're going to have more height to do the momentum, to keep mm -hmm. the speed. And basically, yeah, you're just gonna go down and then up, pushing on your back leg as hard as you can. And also up, just gonna go down again and just keep going. And it's mainly, yeah, your back leg gonna tire first, I think. Yeah, for sure, because yeah. you're using the back leg to put the foot up. Like putting the foot down is quite easier. You just go with the gravity and, and the foot is gonna glide down. But like afterwards, yeah, you have to push on the back leg, like to put the uh, yeah the foil up once again, and and yeah, you're gonna feel your back leg tiring after a while. And yeah, yeah. yeah that's for sure. That's a good way to explain it. The front foot pressure is the easy part because your body weight just you know gravity does it all. Whereas the back foot, that's when you're trying to unweight and get that extra bit of lift. That's that's the hard part. It's um, yeah. keeping that lift and, and uh, that tip about keeping them as high as you can on your mast is a good one because any unnecessary um, part of your mast in the water is just extra drag. And extra drag yeah. means you're going to gradually go slower and slower. Um, I got another question as well. Um, where is the best? Okay, there's three questions in this. So first, where is the best surf? foil wave in the world? Uh, where did I get good condition for surf foil? Uh, um, I mean, I had many good sessions, many places, but yeah, I had a really insane session in 
in Tahiti. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the pass uh, yeah, where it was exactly, but yeah, it was in Tahiti for sure. The water was like pristine, like super clear. I could see like all the reef. Uh, I really felt that I was like skim, skim uh, about the, yeah, the reef, like just flying over it. Like, yeah, I could barely see the wave. Like it was so clear. Yeah. yeah that's a nice place to surf for, for me. Yeah. Really insane. All right. And then where is the best wing foil wave in the world? Um, I think I'm going to say it was in, at home in New Caledonia. Yeah, it looks uh, good. <laughs> yeah, there's two paths there. Uh, sometimes are really insane. But I haven't been everywhere yet in the world. And yeah, I really also enjoy here on Maui in La Perouse. It's really insane. Felt felt a little bit like home because it's the left side of shore wind. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure there's many, many places to here for me now. And yeah, because it's my home, uh, I really like Nikhail. Uh, yeah, great. And I, I notice you're a very good, goofy footer. You, you like less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, really on the pole, doing switch, like with like changing your fit position. I think it's it's, it's hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, when I, when I surf left, I just go backhand. I don't switch my feet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So going going back uh, backside, the problem is you're not going to be able to really read the wave. Like even, yeah, I think it's more than, I mean, on surfing already, it's a bit harder. But, but on falling, it's, I think it's even worse. Yeah, and I think especially with the wing, it's it's even worse again because you got to hold it somehow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I I got yeah. I got like pounded with yeah, backside waves many times in some places because it's super hard to read the wave. Yeah, for sure. All right. Then the last one is where is the best downwind run in the world? Mm, you've you've yeah, done a few good sure. ones, so this will be interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The one on Maui are insane. Yeah, I really like the one on Maui. Maybe go your top three because I, I think it's, I'm interested because obviously Maliko run is really good. Yeah, Maliko run is definitely really good. Uh, yeah, actually, the one in south of France can be really nice too, like where we've been. Yeah, it can be really nice. And uh, the last one where I've been already. Um, I guess Tahiti in, my, was, in my head, I'm thinking like, did you do one in Tahiti? Did you, what about home in New Caledonia? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, New Caledonia are not the best. They are good, but they're not the best for sure. Mm -hmm. Tahiti, not too, because the wind is not that strong actually. Mm -hmm. was not the best for sure um no really south of france is really nice here too and yeah south of france because we can have wind over 50 60 knots yeah so that's insane for sure i had many good ones in south of france and yeah that's pretty much it huh? that's the two best places i mean south of france of france you have many places um but also late called Etang de Berre, which is close to Marseille Airport. And it's right in, uh, in uh, the Rhone Valley. And 
and where the wind blows uh, like sometimes in winter over 60 knots. Yeah. And it's a lake, so it's basically like Hood River because the waves are two meters high. Sure. Wow. And it, it's breaking everywhere. You can you can start on a prone boat on a two, uh, 20 liters boat. Wow. Yeah. So when it's that windy, that's that's when you can crack the code <laughs> for the prone downwind. Yeah, yeah, you can easily prone downwind there, really, on a on a six hundred uh, centimeter square uh, wing. I swear, it's 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 tip like this the waves. Yeah, it's like a beach break. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, well, I guess I hadn't. South of France wasn't on my radar, so I think a lot of people um, that are listening to this, I think they're going to add that to their list. If you know you're putting South of France up in the same level as you know a Maliko run, then cool, have to try it out. Yeah, I mean it's not happening as often as here for sure. Here it's pretty much every day in the in the summertime, but sometimes yeah, in South of France can be really nice. And yeah, it's it's super deep the water too. Right? It's one thousand meters deep, so that's why it makes like very good waves too. Yeah. Same as here. Yeah. Ah, oh, very interesting. Cool. Um, have you done a Kihei run before? Which one? The Kihei. It's it's on Maui, but it's the south side, and you go towards La Perouse. Yeah. No, I've never done it. Okay. Well, if well, you're there now. I, hopefully you get a chance to do that one because it's 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 a really it's very different to Maliko but it's a it's a super fun run I've done it a couple times on a stand-up and a couple times on a foil and it's a it's not as consistent as Maliko because um what happens is the wind is wrapping around the island and half sometimes halfway along the run the wind just stops because the wind's coming around the corner so it's um but if you get the opportunity to do a Kihei run, I definitely recommend it. And I'd like to hear your thoughts because Maliko runs super fun and it's like swell. But like you say, um, in like a bay run where it's a bit cleaner and more organized, the Kihei run is like that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because it's offshore. I can see every time I go to Lahaina or so forth, I can see as yeah, the wind is like super strong too. Yeah, yeah, at Malaya. But so uh, the, the Kihei run you go, if you go through... The valley of Maui, and there's Lahaina's. You know, you turn right. Um, yeah. The Kihei run is to the left, so it's yeah. It's anyway. It's a good run. It's worth doing, especially since you're there in Maui. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll. I have to try one day. But yeah, I saw every time from the plane, night pass that uh, yeah, it's been shut down too. Like sometimes halfway. Yeah, we can see it from the plane, or oh, even on the forecast. Like I, I didn't imagine you, you were going this way. I thought you were going. Like to Lahaina, not to La Perouse. Yeah, the, well, the wind like it does both ways, but it seems to continue for longer. That you know, I think a run to Molokini when it's super windy would be awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, because the wind wouldn't shut down as much. I think, but yeah, that's that would be that's nice your, your list because that's that's a fun one. Gonna have a hard way to come back from this island too. Yeah, <laughs> pack your wing. You can just wing back up wind. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's one thing. So we're gonna finish up, um, but I'm gonna ask you. I'll give you a bit of time, but I want to have three tips for people learning to downwind foil before we finish. But before that, I'm gonna issue a challenge to you. And one of the things that I've been playing around with is um, 
because a lot of people have a hard time learning to sup and like you say the hardest part is taking off on a sup for a downwind run what i've started um playing around with is using a wing to get going like a hand wing and then once i'm up and going instead of free winging i just deflate it while up on the foil and i put the wing like i sort of wrap it up and like put it under my arm and in yeah. my backpack i've got a you know like a dry bag with like just a kite pump and so if i come down off the foil instead of being stuck with a deflated wing i just sit down and i pump the wing back up and i use the the hand wing to get up and going deflate again and continue downwind and the the reason i think it's such a good idea is because two reasons you can go upwind first and then you can downwind back to your car or you can go downwind and then finish back up to where you where you started so it's um and, you know lots of people can can wing they already know how to get started winging but not many people can get started paddling up onto the foil but the hardest thing obviously about this would be learning to deflate and you know grab the wing yeah. while this, going downwind yes they're gonna have a hard time doing this for sure yeah but do you want me to give you three, three tips now huh? no nah, well, before that i want to challenge you i think i want to see you do that so i want you to downwind with the wing and deflate and sort of you know bring it in i think i think you've got the skills i know because you're a great winger and you've done a lot of downwind as well i think it's something you could do yeah, yeah i think i can do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah when you're ready if you've got three tips ready let's let's go yeah, i have it i have it for sure yeah uh, my my first one for sure would be to yeah first before going to sup foiling uh like trying on your own on a standard paddle you should definitely learn or behind a boat or with a wing and you have to be able like if you like go towing like you have to be able to go like for at least five ten minutes without uh like like without like being like super like in, in red you know like you have to be like you can Relax. keep going like for long without yeah. like struggling too much like you have to to be able like to go for yeah five kilometers like without any issue and once you're able to do this in a few different conditions where then you can switch to um, to uh, and start yeah paddling or trying on your own but first yeah you have to be able to read the bumps you have to read the bum perfectly it, it has to be like normal for you and you don't have to you don't have to be struggling like for this um second yeah oh yeah also yeah you can learn with a wing for sure it's, it's easy so you basically start with the wing but, and then you you can just grab the wing from the front handle and just and just keep going forever without touching the wing and then you're going to be able to, to paddle um second thing uh yeah try to find uh the best gear to to start to learn so we're gonna recommend probably big foil and short mask as we, we talk so yeah shortest mask gonna be easier you can go all the way down to maybe yeah, 60 70 centimeters you don't need anything more for starting and a big big wing over over 2000 or 1500 can be yeah a good for start 
And third thing, I think it's good, not like me, but like to uh, progress and learn a bit and, and uh, practice uh, on a normal uh, standard paddle, like a race sport, and to just have the, the good movement and, and, and everything, like to get used to paddle, especially if you never start paddling, if, if you never paddling before. I think it's really nice to, to paddle a bit before on a, on a standard, a normal common standard paddle. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're really good tips. Like, obviously, the the experience of downwind foiling first, just to give you that confidence and be able to, like you say, relax, not not be yeah. like not be um, struggling to stay up for ten minutes. And you know, yeah. doing that towing or winging. The wing's awesome because you can do it by yourself. You know, like I call it free winging. You just hold onto that handle, and you just hold it out. And if you can do that for five, ten minutes, that means you can read the bumps properly. Uh huh. And then the equipment for sure. Um, big foil, short mast. Actually, on that, do you would you recommend a longer fuse or a shorter fuse, and then a long, a bigger tail or a shorter tail or smaller? This I don't know about the uh, fuselage length. But yeah, bigger tail for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's the same as uh, the front wing. Bigger tail's gonna help for sure. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. makes it more stable. And yeah. I, I find a bigger tail it's a little bit slower, but it's uh, you're gonna stay up for longer, which is yeah what you want when you're starting. Uh huh. Yeah. And then the last thing, like get your technique right, like because you to get going on a downwinder on a sup you need to be able to paddle and that's the hardest part is getting up like even now you and i both have problems when we're using smaller and smaller foils um to get going is always it's still tricky you know because you always want to be on your limit you don't want to use a foil that you can paddle up easily because it means it's going to be slow but then you know when you start to go smaller like you basically you want to be able to use the smallest foil that you can paddle up onto so like you say, like a smaller, uh, with good paddle technique, you're going to be able to progress quicker from a larger foil to a smaller foil. So yeah, good tips. Th thanks for your time, Tia Twine. It's been um, a pleasure chatting to you and I've loved hearing your stories about your long, you know, 107 downwinder and south of France has been one of the best, you know, downwind runs and obviously your adventures in Tahiti and the wing foiling. So. Yeah, appreciate you coming on and um, I look forward to, to following along on Instagram and social media, following your stories and yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, that was a pleasure, pleasure too. Yeah, thank you for having me Yeah, today. Easy, mate. Cheers. Ciao.